Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate David's bliss now. Come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur fossils? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. A damn lie! I, I saw them on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did illusions, man! None of it is true! I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusion! Welcome back to the Deep Share Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, today I have a wonderful guest who I've known for a couple of years now, and she's helped me out a lot. Miss Michelle Freed, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to finally meet face-to-face and get to have a nice conversation with you like this. It's been two years yeah, since I'm we got nervous. to talk on the phone, and we got cut off then. <laughs> right, right. And we were like totally like, it was so excited. These yeah. conversations, it's like, you know, you want to have slumber parties and just stay up all night and talk about the depth of all these things. And um, and sometimes our family and friends are kind of sick of us talking <laughs> about it. So we get so excited when we find somebody that's like, yeah, so, right. Yeah, it was pretty fun. So a little bit of background is that you you and I started talking because um, you represent your media company and you were um, offering some great guests that I, you know, some of which I hadn't even heard of at the time. And like Mr. Les Velez, I love that man. I, I, I want to have him on again. Uh, so you and I just happened to start talking a little bit of details at one point, and then it burst into, we need to talk on the phone. And we were talking for like a good 20 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. We were like on the 10th level by the time we ended up getting uh-huh. cut off. So I'm glad that we could sit down and finally do this. Um, for those who don't know, uh, could you give a little bit of background into what you do and who you are? Um, so I about, oh, I don't remember dates right now, but, um, <laughs> I, I get, uh, I got, I was in the process of a divorce and I was in the point where I had to figure out, okay, I have to work for myself now. What am I going to do? And, um, I had, uh, taken some remote viewing classes from, you know, some of the ex-military guys and I seemed to have a knack for it. And, um, I started to, Um, help them because my background's in marketing and I wanted to get them on radio shows and so um, and because I had books and I wanted to help them get the word out so I thought you know I'm always a type like go big or go home so I reached out to Art Bell and um, I'm like oh I got this guy I want to pitch and I sent a whole nice email and they got back to me the producer talked to me for like an hour. He's like, this looks good. This is great. And we'll have somebody call you back. Well, time was like going and they never called me. Um, and then finally, like a month later, um, I got a phone call from the host at the time, Heather Wade. And she said, 
you know, she's so sorry that she lost her producer and she really likes this guy and wants to book him on the show. And so I'm thinking, I'm already like still frozen on, we lost our producer. I'm still hanging on to that. And I'm like, hire me. And uh, <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, hire me, I can do it. And she's like, speechless, which That's awesome. to get a host. <laughs> Speechless is like rare. Um, she's like, well, uh, 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 well, let me see what you could do. Like book my show. I'm like, okay. So in two days, I booked two weeks of shows and she was doing a show every day. Mm -hmm. So that was 10 people I got like uh, at my fingertips. And um, Art Bell, because he, he ran the show, he was um, the executive producer. And he said, you know, hire her now. And so that's how <sighs> I got my start. Um, working with them and, and uh, riding that, you know, riding that wave or whatever. Um, and I got to meet like anybody that I ever had a question, you know, my pre-interview, I could get my aunt, like, I feel like I should have a PhD in um, all things strange. That's so <laughs> you know, cool. Because, you know, I was working on, um, I was working on having lucid dreams and so there's a guy named um, Robert Bruce. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. That's from familiar. Australia. He wrote, he wrote a bunch of books. And um, so I called him up and asked for per personal coaching. And uh, it was great, you know. So I had, I was just so grateful to have that opportunity. And then um, just really working in the remote viewing world, doing a lot of fun projects. Um, I was also working as a hypnotist um, for therapy, you know, to help people break habits and things like that. And just, you know, one thing led to another. And then when our bell passed and we had to close down the network, um, we, uh, I had to come up with another idea. And so I started my LITM media uh, business. So anybody out there, that has a book or wants a publicist or wants their own po podcast, we can do that. So, um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. Excellent. Excellent. You have such an amazing past here with Art Bell and everything. I, so many of us and so many listening would kill to be in your shoes in that situation and be able to just kind of ask any ancient history question or any spiritual question or my goodness, that's crazy. It's like kind of being at Gaia now, right? Like you'd be able to float around and ask so many questions. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I, can I tell you a story with one of those? Yeah, um, please do. I, so, and it kind of goes into what I was just saying. So when I was working on um, lucid dreams, I was also working on achieving an outer body experience. And so this one um, session, I had the intention that I wanted to go to the pyramids. And so I did go to the pyramids and um, I felt myself just, you know, you move like in outer body, you move so fast. And so, you know, you're traveling really fast. And I remember vividly seeing the hieroglyphics on the walls. And I was so curious. And I'm like, I wonder what's under. And I projected my body into the ground. And I must have gone more than 12 feet down. I don't know. And because, you know, nothing, there's no like you can travel through everything in your mind. I went down and I saw this 
how I would describe is like a piping system. Um, it looked like an underwater, you know, piping that was going in so many different directions and it was gold colored. And I remember saying to myself, like, what is this gold? And it's like having a dream within a dream, but it was like an OBE within an OBE. And I started having a memory of watching the people making these tubular structures under the pyramid. They were um, melting gold and putting them in little, they look like foil sheets, but they were made of gold and they were melting them into these round structures under the pyramid. And this stuff was so vivid that, and then I kind of woke up and like, whoa. Um, and the first thing I did was talk to some of these, um, these guys in ancient, um, that study all these ancient um, uh, monuments and the pyramids and whatever. So I forgot the guy I spoke to, I can't remember his name, but I called him up and I said, is there any, any talk, any evidence of anything under the pyramids? And I told him my story and he, he said, well, you know, we don't have evidence because, you know, Egypt won't allow us to you know, go in there anymore, you know, only certain people with big pocketbooks can get in there. He said, but there is a lot of theories that there is a water system that because they believe that the pyramids were surrounded by water at the time. And so they believe that they were using that water um, because that equates to power. And so I was like, it's got to be real. Like, how do I I can't prove it unless I go sneak there and start digging. But, um, but it was a really awesome, awesome experience. Right? That's amazing. Well, as soon as you started talking about the underwater pipes and the vision, I immediately thought of uh, Andrew Collins, a lot of the work that he's done at uncovering some of this stuff over there. Uh, yeah, it's like a whole aqueduct system that's supposedly underneath all of this. And uh, supposedly there's text to describe the aqueducts too, that, I don't know, not really sure about the details there, but that's pretty wild. Yeah. And I got to say, that really reminds me of a number of kind of like visions, I guess you could say, that I had under psychedelics that was very, very similar to that, that almost like gnosis of, well, okay, this makes way too much sense what I'm seeing in front of me. Uh, and I know it's just happening in my head right now, but it feels like it fits too perfectly. And it, and then you start to like, probably just like you did, you kind of go out to the exterior world and start confirming it when, in different ways. And it's very eerie because exactly. you still have no way to prove it. So you're left with this big right. gulp of faith that you kind of have to have in your own inner experience, which is sometimes right. it's right. baffling, right? It is. And the, some of the problems with, you know, in this whole genre that we talk about, um, we have to get away from feeling this need either for approval or proving things to people. Because just in my years, it's, I found that through remote viewing, all the experimental things that I do, the only way for somebody, anybody to understand is if they actually experience it. It's, it's just a waste of time and energy to keep trying to prove it to people. And so you have to, at, on some level, just be confident that your experience was something real and that you choose to believe it. 
Um, and it's always nice to have validation um, from experts, you know, just so you can get some kind of validation. But mm. to prove or get approval from people, um, you know, I think that people need to, you know, stop doing, <laughs> just stop, <laughs> stop doing it. <laughs> it's such a conundrum because of how many people um, just naturally are not ready or aren't interested in any of the stuff that we're talking about and we feel it's so important right we feel it's so central and that only if we could get it across the right way they would see and all this frustration between us would be over and it's it's a fantasy right it's a total fantasy because now i'm trying my best to kind of look at things like different people in my life i'll notice little certain signposts that are unique in their patterns and I'll say, okay, so they're, they're there right now. That's where they are. All right. Well, yeah. so be it. That's where they are right now. You know, it's, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow when it's people you care about sometimes, but yeah, it's yeah. a challenge. I mean, that's the thing we talk about, like, actually, when we're talking about hypnosis in general mm -hmm. is we talk about the two, like we have like a, a line and we talk about um, the, the most extreme emotions on both sides. And one side is fear. That's the most extreme, the fear of loss. And the other, on the other side is unconditional love, which is acceptance. Mm. And, you know, if you're anywhere outside or in the middle, you're, you know, if you're closer to the fear, you're in this place of defensive, you're, you're defensive, of fear of losing, losing a belief, losing someone, losing whatever it is. So the idea is to be staying on the love side, um, because just accepting everyone, like if you don't want to believe it, I accept it, like, okay. And this is how I would love to see the world operate is mm -hmm. in that half. Um, of just accepting everybody, you know, like, uh, and, and in any area of life, you know, any of the political issues, any, anything, if we can just stay in unconditional love and just accept everyone, because, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, I find it interesting to hear, you know, all the different sides. And I also like to be challenged because yeah. it helps me, it helps me, um, either firm my opinion or change my opinion. And um, I think these are important things. Absolutely. And, you know, so maybe to a certain degree, we share our, our experiences and share our wisdom, but we don't bat it over the head, you know, bat people over the head with it because trying to just discuss in a calm way, perhaps can bring about this challenge, you know, this uh, opportunity for growth on one or both sides. Right. Um, right. But also even on a deeper level, it could be um, this primal idea of contrast itself. Right. Like it's almost like we're kind of come here by choice or not, whatever we believe in that realm, but we're here and we are constantly experiencing like contrast. That seems to be like a central theme. Would you, what do you think about that? Contrast is one of my favorite words. Um, ah. I'm working with people and I say that word, you should see the shift in their faces when they get it, you know? Cause you know, it's like that answer to that question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Contrast. Mm. Contrast. You have to have, you have to feel both sides, you know, that's how 
We are, that's a human. You have to feel both. And you don't know how good good gets until you get into bad. And also mistake, like I always say, goof with confidence, because I feel like your words are so important because they um, kind of affect your mind and body connection is how you speak. And, um, and that's a really important thing. So contrast is, is really embrace it. It's something to be embraced. It's something to be okay with. Again, you're staying on the unconditional, you're accepting mm. contrast. That's where you want to be on that side. So um, yeah, contrast is king. It's like a unity. Rocks. It's like a unity encapsulating duality. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> unity. It's a unity duality. Yeah. Right. Yes. It's the paradox, right? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, it's that, yeah. you know, that, uh, the, what's it called? The toroidal forces, you know, they kind of look like they're working against each other, but also together. But anyway, yeah. let's, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, hip hypnotism. Actually, I would love to hear about some of your experiences with hypnotism. I'm fascinated by abduction stories and things like that. And I often wonder if hypnosis of some kind, would be beneficial to, to me because I am left endlessly spiraling sometimes, desperately trying to have more clarity about some of my psychedelic experiences. Because I feel like all these authors that came back from these revolutionary trips wrote so many books and, and were able to put it into words so succinctly. Whereas I came back and I feel like I have massive holes in my experiences where I was supposed to take something back from it. And it feels right. like my mind repressed it on purpose. So would, would hypnosis work on something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm what I was taught. Um, I don't want to get into a big lecture, um, but I'll <laughs> see if I can shorten it a little bit. Um, but one of the things we start learning about is how our, our mind works. And um, in normal science, they kind of segregate to conscious and unconscious. In hypnosis, we kind of add a separate one called subconscious. Okay, so just really quickly, conscious is um, when you are aware, you are analytical, you're judgmental, you're, it's critical thinking. Then um, your subconscious is a place of permanent memory. I kind of think of it similar to like the Akashic records. We have permanent memory. Everything that has ever happened, ever will happen, has happened, whatever, all time. Um, and including yourself is all stored in your subconscious. And then, and in addition to that, and why I talked about how important our words are, is that the subconscious doesn't know any other language than feelings, emotions. So any word you think of or anything you say is connected to an emotion. So like if I um, I'll just, uh, so if I say, you know, recall the last time you felt sorry, a lot of people, I would say, how does that feel? And they say, you know, remorse, um, small, they start curving up their bodies like this. Um, and, you know, they describe the sorry, but then I tell them, okay, repress, 
replace the word sorry with I apologize. And all of a sudden they sit up and they feel more empowered. They're getting the same message across, but the feeling is different, like for mm. your, in your perspective. And the result of these feelings, that's when the unconscious comes in. The unconscious is the, are those automatic body functions that you're not really aware of, blinking, heart, breathing. And these words affect how you are physically. So if you're walking around feeling sorry all day, you need massages at night because now, you know, if you are a person that walks around in fear, then, you know, what happens if I say boo and you go like this, all your muscles are tense and that's mm. how you walk around. Your body is affected by those things. Right. So in hypnosis, we kind of, kind of go to that core emotion whatever that is, that takes us back in time. And that's why we can do, we can do um, an age regression and we can do a past life regression. We can do um, also an, in, like an event, like, you know, one of your, you know, an event where you were um, in a different state, we can bring that to the forward. Mm. The thing about is that how our brain protects us, you can't know everything at once you just can't function like that so your mind kind of stores things and in hypnosis we kind of uh try to calm down whatever's blocking those things and then we shift them forward so that you, it's here in the now mm -hmm. and then you recall exactly what happened and we use a form of this in remote viewing too um but I'm just talking about hypnosis right now, but that's yeah. how it would work. And that's how it would work when, um, you know, uh, the abduction cases, for example, um, you know, I'm never sure uh, when people come and they feel like I may have been abducted. I'm not sure. And I don't even predict it, but what goes on in my mind in general is like, it could be a dream. It could be real. It could be a fan. I have no idea. And I really don't care. And mm -hmm. it's not important to me. You know, my job is to kind of be the headlights and, you know, their job is to drive the car yeah. and that's really all my job is. And so I, had a fascinating thing happen to me where um, in the course, I think it was like nine months or a year, I don't know specifics. Um, there were three separate individuals that live in three different places. Um, one was in California, one was in Illinois, and one was in Canada. And none of them knew each other. And there were three separate times completely. And I each one of them, I did the same thing. I put them in trance and we went back to that um, event and they all totally described the same thing as if they, and they all felt they were off planet on another planet um, in water, like the planet was underwater. They lived underwater and they felt like they were breathing in water. Um, they described the vegetation, the colors, they didn't have adjectives to describe the colors and the um, vegetation and and anything in there were so foreign that they couldn't there were a loss of words they just didn't know how to describe it and i just found it fascinating that all three of them 
ended up in the same place, but none of them knew each other. Mm. So it was really a fascinating thing. And I'm always asking people that are listening to me when I tell this story, like I'd love people to reach out to me if they had or felt like they had some um, event where they felt like they were underwater living, you know, something similar to that, because I'd like to collect all the data and see kind of what we can figure out about it. It's just interesting. Yeah. A lot of people have puzzle pieces to this thing, you know, and the more puzzle pieces we can kind of gather up and place where they belong, right. And kind of get a better picture, a more detailed picture of what's really happening. Because again, the, the descriptions that they gave sound again, like millions of accounts of psychedelic uh, uh, experiences as well, where everything suddenly takes on this, new amazing form and it can't be described in words language falls short this whole thing also connected to near-death experience and things like that it's it's amazing that these things are on this parallel line and i'm i've always been so fascinated by it and i know that remote viewing and hypnosis are so close to the heart of these things you know and it's it's so interesting to learn about especially the visitation stuff it's because that's always fascinated me on a on a particular level because i i wonder how much of the ufo phenomenon that visitation involves is not psychosomatic because that's like a derogatory term but like an internal experience being brought on or something uh, you know i i feel like that um, automatically makes people feel like I'm discrediting their experience. I'm not trying to do that, but it's like, it's hard. Again, it's hard in language to describe this weird connection yeah. across these different fields. Yeah. And I, in terms of visitation and UFOs, I'm so scattered about the whole thing. Like one day I'll believe it. Like, you know, I'll believe that we've been visited, but the other day, cause I guess I'm a skeptical believer and I'm very, it might be contradictory, but I'm very sciencey. You know, I, I, I like kind of how can this happen? And I guess my most common thoughts are that if there are, I mean, I definitely believe there's life. I mean, there's, it's just so huge. Right. There is definitely life. Um, but my question is always because of the science, is it possible for any other being to travel this far and, and in some kind of body similar to what we think we have or anything? Is that even possible? Right. So my thoughts go to interdimensional, like traveling in your mind, like, you know, that I feel will be the way that we're going to travel in the future. We're mm -hmm. going to have some kind of technology that kind of boosts it up or something. And then we'll be able to travel that way. And then other people traveling, you know, through a portal or, you know, something like that. But um, actual crafts make, I'm just not sure about that. I mean, it would be cool, yeah. but I'm questionable about it. I feel like we have a, a mixture of, you know, secret projects and legitimate um, unexplainable phenomenon. You know what I mean? It's a little mix of both. Yeah. And I think uh, those in charge kind of know that duality is going on so they can easily play they with like it. They like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it's interesting yeah. the way Somebody, you put that. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you go. You I was go. just going to say, it's interesting the way you put the traveling through dimensions, because I feel like a lot of when we say aliens from other dimensions, I feel like people are still thinking too sci-fi. Like they're going to have a portal gun like Rick and Morty, and they're going to walk into (laughs) quote unquote other dimensions. But I think people need some people, maybe I'm, you know, I don't know. I, 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 if people don't understand this, it's like, there is no other dimension that would have this density and this physicality and this you know, uh, configuration. Am I on to something there where it's like, what if aliens are on some other planet and they're very advanced? So they're always partially in some sort of etheric state. So maybe when the CE five and stuff like that, when we reach out perhaps, or even if we unwillingly reach out unknowingly, maybe that's how the communication opens up and we're, you know, it's travel, but it's, people need to drop this whole physical travel. Like you're not taking your body into other dimensions. (laughs) And quantum quantum physics backs that up completely, you know, because I'm always, you know, talk about sci-fi. I'm always imagining what another universe would be like and having all the laws of, you know, all the laws of nature being completely different on another universe. Like, does gravity exist? Is it even a thing? You know, is, is oxygen what you would breathe or do you breathe, you know, something else? You know, um, I'm always trying to push my mind into imagining what another universe would even be in another dimension or whatever. Um, those are cool things to think about. And, um, and for me, they're all kind of sciencey because, you know, I kind of want to make it as, fantasy and realistic at the same time <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know is it possible um but yeah i think you know you're right and then um i know you mentioned that you're really into bigfoot and there's a lot of people that um you know there's some that believe that it's an actual creature that exists here and there are some people that say that because we can't get a, real, a lot of evidence of them that they're popping in and popping out. Right. And um, so that's kind of an interesting thing too. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Bigfoot takes you in a lot of different directions. You can go the interdimensional path. Uh, I hear a lot of people, if you've ever listened to uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch Chronicles with Wes Germer, a lot of his guests come, come to him and say they feel like it's Nephilim because they've read the Bible and all that. But it's interesting too, because we do, again, we have uh, anecdotal evidence on many different sides of, of, the, of the thing, because we have some interesting stuff about the interdimensional idea. And then we have like the creepy story from soldiers about like the giant of Kandahar or whatever, where it's like, yeah. okay, do we have some part of our species from a long time ago walking around much bigger than us or something trying to stay hidden it's very weird how we equally have like just a little bit of evidence for no confirmation on any side so all of it's completely open you know yeah yeah definitely um but yeah let's um we could talk about bigfoot i know that you've done some remote viewing exercises and one of one of them was to locate Bigfoot you didn't know at the time right (laughs) right so the thing um the the one thing I want to get across about remote viewing 
Again, it like leans towards kind of sciency. So we use a lot of sciency words like <laughs> blind and double blind and triple blind. And um, so uh, my sessions are usually um, that I don't get um, any, like I have no idea except for some kind of random target number that they assign to the target. And so the person that sets up the project will, they could, you know, I don't know how, they could put it in an envelope. They'll put, um, you know, tasking and they'll say, um, is the, you know, get a Patterson Gimlin footage a hoax or the real, you know, the real thing. Uh, I never see that. Um, well, I don't see that until I'm done. So I don't see that at first. And then they'll assign a number to it. And then all I get is the number. So I don't know anything else. They'll just say, okay, Michelle, um, do your thing. The number is, you know, 42137649, you know. And then I follow the protocol. So there's different steps. So we literally, we sit down with pen and paper and we um, write down our perceptions. We sketch things, whatever comes to us. We um, tap into our senses, like we're reaching out. Uh, like projecting our subconscious to the target, whatever it is. So you get like wacky stuff that, you know, comes in and you just fill out. So if anyone looked at the raw data, it would be like, what, what is this? But then at the end, we write up a summary and then it, things start to make sense. Mm -hmm. So as you follow that protocol, we get a lot of really good information. So um, in this case, this was a a different kind of remote viewing where I had a monitor and we were sitting like you and I are, and he was just directing me. And it was most, I think I was like kind of in the training for the end of my training phase. Um, so I was getting better at it, pretty good. And so he gave me the target number and the first, it, it felt like it hit me like this was um, the description or the observation was I, I felt a large, huge female. Mm. And it didn't make sense in my mind. Like my left brain was trying to make sense of my right brain and they were having a big fight. No, I'm not schizophrenic, <laughs> <We all are. laughs> I know. Um, but they were kind of fighting because they were like, you know, left brain goes, no, this should be a man. And the right brain is, no, nope, it's a woman, you know? And so, you know, I learned through doing remote viewing, I gained a sort of confidence about myself, like trusting myself and trusting that gut feeling about things, which I never had before. So you do learn that when you work on these things and you're tapping into your subconscious, you start trusting your gut and then that leads you through your life. It's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that literally um, teaches you how to use intuition by leaning on your gut like that. Exactly. And and I, I, I can't tell you how many life lessons that I've taken from remote viewing and applied to my life. And it's just literally changed me because I just didn't expect it. I thought I was just going to go do this fun thing. Mm. And I just just evolved. I just changed. So um, anyway, so I, I kept, I said, no, it's a woman. Um, and I kept saying like a basketball, her bone, like I felt like her bones are like longer than my, I was like touching my arm and I, 
wanted to go longer. And so the monitor said, okay, stand up and I want you to blend with the target. I'm like, okay. So I imagine that I'm the target and um, he's like, okay, touch your body and describe. So I did and my arm, well, I explained that my arm was going long and and it felt very hairy. And I think I thought a split second, like, is this Bigfoot? But then I'm like, but it's a girl. Like, how can it be Bigfoot? So then mm. I just dropped that and I just kept going on and describing. And finally it was pretty clear that it was Bigfoot. And then um, he um, started asking me, like he started going off the target and trying to get more information from me. And he was just asking about the origins and things oh. like that. So I started um, coming up with, and I don't know if it's true or not. It, we have something called an AOL where it's called an analytical overlay. And what happens is your mind, your left brain wants everything to make sense. So it's like, for example, if I said something's red, shiny and round, you would assume it's an apple. But what if I told you that red, shiny and round is really the, a fire truck? So mm. what happens, and this is why it's not 100% reliable is because we're human and our left brain wants everything tied up in a cute little bow. So I'm not sure if I made up all this stuff, um, but I was getting this kind of, um, this, family situation or a tribe of Bigfoot. And I saw them behind some kind of line of something. And there was a lot of like they were upset. And so I went on describing some kind of weird story. Um, but I don't know if I trust that. But what was interesting is that I got the female and I got it was Bigfoot. And um, I felt like it was not a hoax. Um, and uh, because it's just, I mean, to me, the fact that I kept sticking on female because they believe it was a female um, in that um, footage. Right. And um, so, yeah. So I, I think that was a pretty good session. Wow. Did you have a yeah. feeling if, if uh, when you embodied the Bigfoot, did you feel like you were from the earth or from another dimension? <laughs> I actually, in I, I, it was earthy um, and there was like anger. There was like, I felt some anger and some contention, like uh, some kind of tug of war feeling I felt. Um, overall I don't know what it was about like we didn't we didn't go too much because I answered the target right. um he asked a few more questions and um but we could you know like that's the thing you could go back in with a new question like put it back in the pile of targets and then come back and, mm. and whatever um another one this is a cool one I'll tell you I don't know if I put it on there um but we were asked to in I think 2019 was that before the Olympics? Yeah, the Olympics yeah. were 2020. Okay, so we were asked by um, Homeland Security to, and I didn't know it was Homeland Security and I didn't know the target. I'm just telling you now, but they were asking us 
um, to remote view the top threats of the Olympics in 2020. And so we did it a year before and my session had like a lot of weird stuff in it. So it had some kind of, um, it was a land and water interface. And I saw it almost seemed like a big storm happened, like trees down, buildings, like piles of debris everywhere. And then it shifted into some kind of a computer, like somebody sitting in front of a computer, and I kept calling it a virus, a computer virus. And whatever, I did the whole session, I sent it in, and we never heard anything about it. So then the pandemic happens, right? Mm. And um, so about like a year, like in 2021 or something, I started thinking about that session, because the Olympics, they never happened. So what were the top threats of the Olympics? Well, it was the virus. Yeah. It was, so my, a, my AOL, my left brain, new computer virus. So it named it a computer virus, mm. but it was a virus, a real virus. Oh, so wow. it was like, a, it was a little off. That's why it's not a hundred percent reliable because things can be a little off. But to me, that was like, cool. That's you know, really I'm like, cool. Gave me chills. That was cool. Yeah. You know, it, it, when you say it can be a little off, it's not fully reliable because we're human. I wonder, what do you think of this? That maybe it's because of the state that we as humans are in, in our contemporary world. You know, I, I often talk about the idea that, well, I talk about generational trauma a lot. And I talk about how that even could come from a very physical thing that happened to the planet we could have all gone through it at once together and just caused a ripple effect of horrible living for thousands of years through every family on the planet you know how these things could come about we are just all living not i mean not to just blanket statement no one's living happily not like that but just that we all have like underlying either individual or collective trauma and I wonder if all of it was clear, if that's even possible, uh, would we be able to do this perfectly or something like that? I don't know. I mean, I think there's potential, you know, I think that we are at this point in time and it doesn't mean it can't be changed, but we're wired that everything should make sense that as a human. And, and it was helpful because it helps us in a pr primitive way. I mean, that's how we would have to function. Like we would look for patterns and then go from there. The best remote viewers are the ones, and it is possible, are the ones that let, let that go. The ones that can set aside the need to everything to make sense. And I can do it. And a lot of people can do it for just a half a second. Right. It's just hard to sustain it you know there are times where i'll hand in a session and i'm like i have no idea what this session is it's crazy <laughs> and then it turns out i was right on mm. um and so those that tells me like in that session i was able to let that idea of you know it's hard for us to you know we are attached to our beliefs i mean it's like we hold on like white knuckling 
our beliefs and it's hard to kind of let those go. So I think it's about evolution as humans. I think it will happen as long as we keep pushing forward. And if we keep blocking and we don't do these things, then I think, you know, we're, we're not going to move. But I think that there are so many people that are pushing it. And um, I, I have a lot of hope that we can do more of these things. Absolutely. This is similar to the duality of like all the amazing solutions we're coming up with from like food forests to just better energy systems, but it's all still strangle held by this old way that we've been doing as a pattern, you know, like alternative energy is like useless without fossil fuels. Like all these things are still dependent on the old system. Um, so it's, it's, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with there, but <laughs> Um, well, remember this line I gave you mm -hmm. this line it's because all those things are based in fear right it's based in the fear of loss like people Absolutely. don't like change and um and that's you know we got to move everyone over to uh you know I sound like a hippie to the love we all do when we get to this point because it's unavoidable I remember even feeling that way like after psychedelics being like wicked into science I was Mr. Science and love that kind of stuff but ended up like just the words coming out of my mouth I'm like what the what am is this 1967 like where am I what am I I sound like one of those hippies and it's, but it's because there's like proof of that. Like you were saying, let it go. The, the analytical side, it's, it's so, I don't know. I'm kind of jumbled here because there's so much in there about how everything works. And it goes back to contrast with the two sides of the brain kind of finally working together. Have you ever heard that story that like at some point in our history, it might just be a hypothesis. I'm not even sure if it's a legitimate theory, but it was proposed that at one point the two hemispheres could communicate with one another. And it was as if there was two voices in our heads instead of one and that evolution brought us away from that. Have you ever heard that? No, but it, it makes sense to me it, immediately. Right. It's like, well, yeah, that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tack that on. Yeah. 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 I, I, I definitely, that. I think, yeah, that it's like, um, I feel, I mean, sometimes I feel like they talk, you know, yeah. that's why I'm like always, you know, and then you have all these people that like you got the angel on one side, the devil on the other, but it's a little more complicated than something like that, because I think, you know, but I was going to bring up the idea that I use like in the class that I teach, I take pictures of, uh, you know, when you're doing your road trip and you see those um electric poles on the highway and i ask the kids all the time like what does that look like to you and so some of them say oh it looks like a goat with a hat on and another kid will say oh it looks like a girl doing a handstand and she's wearing a dress you know so everybody has a different and i think that's that's what the thing is is that we have to realize what is reality what's real right. you know because everybody sees things differently like you put a pair of glasses on and you see the different you know the world in a very different way so the idea is to accept all those things and just kind of go with it right. you know and it doesn't have to be right it doesn't have to be left brain analytical perfect you know anything like that and so 
that's another thing that we try to do in remote viewing is get rid of that analytical side for just the amount of time of your session. Then you can have it back. Right. But during your session, it's like, just, you know, let it happen. And the people that, you know, are living in this half of the line in the unconditional acceptance line, they just go with it. And the ones that are like, no, 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 you know, they, they don't do well because they're too analytical. You know, they'll, they'll start having a conversation in their head. Well, I'm seeing a fuzzy thing and I'm also seeing some kind of man-made structure that doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense because you can have a man-made structure with a fuzzy thing on it. So both are right, you mm. know, um, something in the world, you know, if you say, oh, I'm perceiving water, but I'm also perceiving, you know, some kind of structure. Well, boats are on water, you know, so, or um, another, a better example is like, they'll say something so soft and smooth and bumpy. Well, there's tons of things that are soft, smooth, and bumpy, <laughs> all in one thing. Mm -hmm. So once you realize like how that is, then you do better. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of like slowly over time may break down that like simple, uh, what do they call it? That like that mode of the brain, that normal mode, whatever they call it, that is like kind of in survival mode, I guess you could say, where I think Aldous Huxley talked about like the reducing valve. He used to call it the reducing valve where psychedelics would just hold that door open right? But in normal reality, you have to have that door closed or else you just lie around and stare at a tree, talk to a tree all day instead of, you know, fight the saber-toothed tiger that's coming at your camp or something, you know? Exactly. And it's, yeah. I wonder if the human evolution may be going towards, yeah, like a more, like a, a synthesizing the two sides of the brain rather than having them so polarized or something, almost like an alchemical. Yeah. I love that alchemical process, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely think, you know, we are heading in that direction because, um, you know, if you talk, you know, look at the group at large from back in, I don't know what year, but in the past, and then you look at people now, it just seems like more people are open. Like not everybody likes to talk about it, you know, mm -hmm. but they do think about it. Like if you can grab some kind of CFO of a company, you might find that he has a guilty pleasure and he'll watch a paranormal show. Right. You know what I mean? But he won't <laughs> tell everybody, um, you know, and then I even talked to a bunch of religious people and they're, they're like, yeah, I believe in spirits, you know, I'm not allowed to, but right. so I think it's, you know, it'll take time, but I think it's in people's headspace. You know, I think that there's hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. And I think it's, it's, you know, people doing work like you've done that kind of spreads that hope even farther. Like I know you've worked, uh, helping finding missing persons as well, like missing person cases. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, so those are, yeah, those are, um, and animals too. We, we also missing animals. That's awesome. Missing, you know, treasures, all that Ooh. fun stuff. 
yeah. man, I might yeah, have one fun. for you. <laughs> oh, really? to to. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. That's fun. I can give you like a location. Um, I can give you, oh yeah. Well, or I wouldn't give you, I would just write a number, right? <laughs> no, we can do um, some, are you familiar with dowsing? I've heard of dowsing. Yeah. And I actually think, I don't know too much about it, but the topic I had in mind, I think someone has involved that as well, but yeah, go. (laughs) I think I have some guests for your show that talks, they talk about dowsing and they're the experts of it, but um, that's something we can incorporate into remote viewing also. And, um, but yeah, finding the missing people it's, um, it's not for everybody because sometimes, you know, it's not a really good outcome. Um, and one of the cases, um, you know, of course on your show, I'm only going to talk about my successes, but (laughs) for every good one, I'm telling you, there's like 500, you know, um, but so this particular one, um, they didn't tell me very much. They just said it's a missing person. So I didn't know where in the country, or if it was this country, I didn't know if it was male, female, I didn't know age, I knew nothing. And, um, and so I uh, perceived that it was uh, the, the minute I tuned in, I wrote down the target number on my paper. I just didn't sense life. I just somehow knew this person was not alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I felt like I was looking down. So I saw the position of a male with blood um, on the forehead. It was a foresty area. There was a rock, like a big boulder next to his head. Um, There was water nearby and there was like a path that led to a dilapidated uh, structure. And that's basically what I got in my session. And I think there were like four other people working on it too. We like when lots of people work on because they give a different perspective. Um, So they were able to find him based on all of our information. So this is how I was a little off. So uh, it turned out it was a male college student that uh, dilapidated building was actually a bar. Mm -hmm. He got drunk, walked down the path, um, and then took out a boat on the water. He was really drunk. The boat capsized and he died of a head injury. Oh. So this big rock was actually the boat. And I saw him, I didn't see him in the water, but he was in the water. And they, they were able to kind of triangulate the area because the landmarks, I told them, they knew where this place was. So they looked at a map and they're like, okay, where is water? a forest and a building. Mm. And so they kind of matched all that, plus all the other people, what they said, and they were able to find them. Um, So that's, you know, that's a really, that's really helpful. And then I also helped, do you know Dave Schrader? No, I don't. Dave Schrader from um, Darkness um, Radio. He was on um, Holder Files. So I was his producer and he called me up and asked me to help him find a missing person. And um, so it was pretty cool to do that too. Wow. So, I'll call you the fun. next time my cat gets out because <laughs> he's doing yeah. it all the time. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting and it's cool that you guys do it in groups too. It makes sense to me because if you're allowing yourself to just write down everything that's coming to you that's kind of like you're getting a group 
thing on your own. So it only makes sense that this would completely like tenfold expand that operation by just having everyone throw it all together and see what the patterns are. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Some, some people that are like, um, more technical, like, um, scientific minded, um, their session is going to lean in that way. Like if there is say a car involved, they're going to have all the meticulous, um, you know, engine parts, and they're going to draw all the things in an engine. And if you're more of a, a metaphorical person, your, your information is going to be, you know, metaphorical. Um, you know, if you're into, you know, colors and shapes, then that, and then when you put it all together, then it becomes one whole session and you get such a the 3D dimension, you know, three-dimensional view, and it helps them get, you know, even more reliable data. That kind of reminds me of uh, the movie, The Cell with Vincent D'Onofrio and Jennifer Lopez from back in the day. It was about remote viewing and it kind of, it showed how different everyone's minds were, you know, their own styles, their own wallpapers, right? Like everybody has their own language to express themselves by. That's really cool. Yeah, we find that people that are introverted will not see people. You know, we can give them a target of a whole, you know, some athletic uh, game, a basketball game. They won't see people. People that are extroverted only see the people, you know. Mm. So, you know, you you're the one, you know, it's a it's um, an extension of you when you're doing your session. So it's it's pretty incredible. And there's a whole other area where people are using it's called um, ARV. Um, associative remote viewing, where they're using it because a lot of people come up to us like, well, if you're psychic, why are you winning the lottery? (laughs) Well, guess what? They are winning the lottery and they're using remote viewing to do it. They wager on sporting events. They, um, people in um, uh, corporations will hire us to let them know uh, what stocks to go for. Um, mm. We do the stock market. Is it going up or down? Um, you know, baseball over under, and then they have horse racing they do and, and the lottery. And I know someone that actually, I think she won like either a hundred thousand or 200,000 in, in the lottery. Wow. So it can be done. I was looking up a quote. I don't remember who said it, um, but it was millionaires don't need astrologers. Billionaires do. (laughs) And I just, I think it was, it was either a rocket fell or I think it was JP Morgan actually, which is just interesting as hell. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Oh my God. That's good. I, so before we wrap things up, I know we didn't cover everything, but um, kind of like an overall question I wanted to ask you about remote viewing, and this kind of might spiral. Um, do you think that when someone remote views, when multiple people remote view, like what is this? Are we remote viewing consensus reality or is it? reality like and maybe that doesn't even make sense but it's like we have this kind of like innate reality that is all around us all the time and then consensus reality is clearly this like 
added dimension of consciousness that envelops everything and literally seems to affect things, you know, the observer effect and all that. I'm just curious what your thought is from that odd question. Oh gosh, that's like a whole other show. But <laughs> that's good. Part two <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> I'll tell you that the one that I was talking about where people are wagering on sporting events and financials, they're actually predicting the future. And mm. so the question that we are analyzing all the time and doing experiments with is, are we changing the future? You know, so it's, it's, um, we create a feedback loop. So, mm. um, I can't go into like how it all works and stuff. We don't have time, but yeah. it's like quantum entanglement. And so, um, the broader question is, you know, you take from remote viewing and apply to your life. Like if I can look into the future and I see a choice I made, and then it was not really the optimum choice. Can I send the information back in time to make sure that I don't do that? Mm. You know, that's like the big question like that. We want to know. Wow. And the thing is that we, we have these conversations that go on forever. The people I talk to are like, PhDs and professors and thinkers. And I'm just this little like me, me, me. And, um, <laughs> and at the end, we all say, well, we don't know how it works. We right. just know it works. Damn and right. that's how the, the conversation ends. You know, you know, it's but that it trusting the gut, right? You know, exactly, exactly. But um, it, the fact that, you know, I have some peer reviewed, I co researcher, uh, I'm a co researcher on some experiments we, we did with this exact thing. And we had a set, uh, I think it's a 70% hit rate where um, we used our dreams and somebody would pick um, a photo. And we would dream and dream about the photo and they would place a bet. That's a short, well, you know, making it short, but, mm -hmm. um, and we, that's written up. You can go to my website and read the, the um, articles on those cool experiments that we did. The that's fact so cool. that it's over 50% um, hit rate is incredible. I mean, we were making money, not a lot because it was just for science. Right. You don't want to get too much bad karma or anything. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. When I hear money is involved and I can think mama needs a new pair of shoes, <laughs> it, that gets me all flustered. I don't do really well. <laughs> yeah. The ego comes in, right? Well, I want, I want, and we're exactly. supposed to be able to train to let that part go. <laughs> exactly. It's not so easy. Cause I like shoes. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. Understandable. Um, well, I know that you have a class coming up soon, uh, like an event that people are going to want to hear about and an opportunity to learn how to kind of get into this stuff. If you could talk about that I'm a little bit, so great. Excited. Yeah, because Irva, the International Remote Viewing Association asked me to teach a class and it's the lowest price. Like if you ever wanted to learn remote viewing, this is your chance because it's only going to be $150 for an eight week course. And then wow. for members, I think it's 110. Usually it's like, I charge 400, um, and, but that's the lowest price, I think. Other people are charging in the thousands. Oh, yeah. So you're going to get a really good class for eight, eight weeks. And it's going to be fun because I, you know, an interaction, um, you know, a lot of stuff like that. Um, and uh, if you want to um, 
sign, register for that class, go to irva.org and then go under, I think it's Irva Ed, and then it'll take you to my class and then just register with them there. So that's, that's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will definitely post the link for people. That's coming up soon. What's the date on that you again? Take the class too. I know. September if I could, I'll definitely consider it. I've been very interested in, in this kind of thing for a long time. Remote viewing uh, is fascinating. I remember when Third Eye Spies came out a few years back. I think Hal put off and all those guys. That just blew awesome. my mind because I had heard of Stargate. I had watched The Men Who Stare at Goats and all that. I didn't know really the ins and outs of what was going on behind closed doors for so long. It was amazing. So this yeah, has been that's the whole thing is, is until you experience it, you don't understand. Like you can, you've got to do it. I had, I had students in one of my classes, literally emote. They were crying when they got the results and how close their, it was their very first session. And it was, you know, very much like the target and they like were crying and they're like, it works. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there <laughs> is every, everything's real. <laughs> yeah. It's all real. Yeah. So well, yeah, around. I definitely encourage. Uh, sorry. It's, uh, yes. I was just going to say stick around. Cause I definitely want to, just give you a little teaser of, of this idea I have for a remote viewing thing. But okay. um, before we go, please tell my audience where they could find you. And I appreciate you so much. And I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Me too. Me too. So I, I have two websites. The one that's for remote viewing and hypnosis is butterflyeffectcenter.com. Butterflyeffectcenter.com. And the other one, if you're if you have a book um, and you want publicity or marketing um, or your own podcast, um, that's litmmedia.com. So there'll be two M's in there. So litmmedia.com. And Perfect. also tell me if you have a dream or an experience under the water. I want to hear about it. I feel like I should write into you and just write a bunch of my experience. Like, here you go, Michelle, here's all 10 letters I'm sending you with, like, with all my crazy experiences. Yeah. Link it up with my emails. Sounds the more good. the better. There's always room for more. Definitely. <laughs> all right, Michelle. Well, thank you again so much for joining us and uh, I'll talk to you soon for sure. And uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening and catch you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, vegetarian. Enough, I get the point. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If oh. I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.